Greetings and welcome to Oh Wounded Head Now Sacred, a semi-weekly podcast from Colton Lutheran Parish where we bring you the lectionary texts of the day or upcoming. This Sunday was Holy Trinity Sunday, so I guess it's not the upcoming Sunday, but the past Sunday today since it's Tuesday. And our gospel text comes from John chapter 16 verses 12 through 15. Jesus said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth, for he will not speak on his own, but will speak whatever he hears, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He will glorify me, because he will take what is mine and declare it to you. All that the Father has is mine. For this reason, I said that he will take what is mine and declare it to you. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Grace to you and peace from God, our creator and our Lord and savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. So today is the day where we spend some time talking about the Holy Trinity. In the revised common lectionary is what we follow. It's a three-year plan throughout the Bible that this is the Sunday that's declared to be Holy Trinity Sunday. So it's the only Sunday of the church year where we celebrate a doctrine of the church. The doctrine is Holy Spirit, uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, rather, and it comes from the early church fathers as a way to describe the Trinity. Or not really describe, but a way to I don't know, you can't really understand the Trinity. I mean, it's one of those things that you try to attempt to do and you will always come up lacking because it's hard in our limited understanding because we are human to be able to depict who God is in all of God's ways. But we try, right? With the creeds, we have the Apostles' Creed that talks about God as creator, Jesus as redeemer, and Holy Spirit as sanctifier. And being a way in which to understand how God relates to God's self. One of the terms that was used in early church fathers describing the Trinity was as a perichoresis, which if you can hear that first root of the verb, peri, which means to go around, it's kind of like that. To As St. John of Damascus, I think, in the 8th century AD, described it more as a type of dance that God interrelates with God's self in the three persons of the Trinity. Now, there's been a lot of ways that people have tried to describe the Trinity. The first is with St. Patrick's he described it as a three-leafed clover, where you have the three different leaves, and they're all separate, but they're all part of the same, which is fine, but it doesn't really describe all of who God is. Water has been used in its three forms. Eggs have been used, and they're all limited in scope and have been determined to be kind of old heresies, really. And like I've said before, 
they are limited in how they seek to explain God. It just doesn't tell the whole story. It's like when anybody talks or tries to describe you. It doesn't tell the whole story about you. It doesn't tell the whole story or function of how things have gone on. There's always different presentations of who you are in the world. And one of the ways that I think that we run into trouble is that we forget that we are all whole people. And when we try to describe one another, and we try to describe God, really, we are left lacking. We are limited in our understanding of God. So basically what this comes down to, if you know, if we're limited in it, sometimes it just comes down to faith and belief. And I, I think that's true in part, but it kind of leaves us with this sense of emptiness, this sense of still wanting to know more. And I think that's okay. That's human. That's who we are. There's always things that can leave us with more questions and things that we want to know more about. So in thinking about how to explain this or how to depict it in a way, I came across Anna Madsen's blog. Anna Madsen was a pastor in South Dakota, and she is now a teaching theologian, and she hosts a retreat in Duluth, Minnesota. And if you haven't checked out any of her work, it's very good. And I'll try to leave a link in the podcast, even though I'm new to this, I'm going to try so that you can see more of what uh, she talks about. But she says, God acts in history and therefore is relational. Now, I like that because it reminds us of God's character. God's primary character is to relate primarily relates to God's self in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but also relates to us in a very real way, us who are created. Now, I like that because it talks about relationships, and I think that's one of the primary things that we as people are about, that we are related. And there's a Lakota term, mitakuye oyashin, which says we are related Indeed, we are all related. So we treat one another as equals. We treat one another as valuable, as necessary within the world. But not just us, right? Not as the human beings in the world, but also as all of God's creation. All living things we are connected to. We are, in a way, necessary to one another. Now, if you don't believe me, we can go back to an old ecological study that was done in 1931. It's called the Kaibab Deer Problem. It was in the Grand Canyon, and several hundred cougars, thousands of coyotes, as well as many wildcats, and the few grave wolves of the region were all destroyed. And as you might expect, as we know things now about population dynamics, the deer population just boomed. I think it was the mule deer population that was in the Grand Canyon. But what happened was the deer population ate up all of the resources. Starvation and disease 
were rampant and pretty much destroyed the population. So if we see that taking this understanding that we are all related, not just us, but all of God's creation, and we're in this intimate sort of relationship with one another and that we need each other, we see that our relationships are fragile. Things can go haywire pretty quickly. If we remove something from the mix, like a necessary predator, we see that the population goes a little bonkers. What we need then is a sense of balance, or what biologists call homeostasis, which is the tendency to a stable equilibrium between interdependent elements, right? Interdependent elements. As we are interdependent upon one another, we are also interdependent upon God. If we take a cue from the Trinity, God is in balance or in harmony with God's self. That's about the dance, really, how that happens. So our aim then, I think, should be to join in that balance or harmony by believing that we are a part of this and not, not over the creation as the ones who are charged with dominion in the creation story, not domination. We tend to think that that's what we do, right? We are in dominating over the things. But really, it's our calling to be one with God and God's creation and with each other. We are called to be in harmony with God and each other. Now, communities, human communities, church communities, whatever community you might be a part of, are just like ecological systems in that they are fragile. It doesn't take much to throw it out of balance. And what I found lately in our society is that what's thrown us out of balance is this need to separate ourselves over and against the other. That our ideas are better, our ways we look at the world are better. It doesn't matter which side of the fence you are on. We're setting ourselves over and against each other in this sort of competition. And life isn't a competition. Life is a way in which we all want one another to succeed. We all want one another to be happy. We all want one another to be able to dance in a way. And how we do that is to live with one another in harmony. Musicians have this term that they call dissonance, and it's where things don't really fit together in a musical score. And you know it when you hear it because it kind of hurts your ears. George Gershwin was famous for this, and he would set these two notes right next to each other, and it would kind of make you feel uncomfortable. And then it would resolve, and things would be in harmony. And when things are in harmony, you know it when you hear it, and I would say that you know it when you feel it. Now, the important part of all of this is if we go back to the Trinity and understand that we are God's creatures created to be in balance with one another. We are also created to be in community with one another. And when the community gets thrown off kilter a little bit, what we need is something to bring us back. Well, that something is 
the love and grace and compassion and forgiveness of Jesus Christ. We need to go beyond ourselves, outside of ourselves, to see that Christ is the one who has set us free to be the ones that can love one another, the ones that can care for one another, the ones that can reach out to each other, to live in harmony. And when we live out that harmony, the Holy Spirit helps us to move in concert with each other in such a way that we would be able to dance. So this week, my friends, I hope that you find that you can see and hear the ways in which we live in harmony with one another, a way that we seek to restore balance to the way things should be in God's kingdom and how God wants us to be in relationship with one another and to see that we as God creatures are surrounded with a great cloud of witnesses calling us and stirring us into participating in new and renewing of God's creation. Have a good rest of the week, my people. Amen.